this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to Waco, Texas. The land of Chip and Joanna, amen. Uh, to, to Dean Steele, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your leadership. Uh, to, to Jack, thank you so much for uh, the way you've led this residency program. Uh, to, to one of my homiletical heroes, Dr. Joel Gregory, thank you so much for your faithfulness through the years. Um, and to all of you, uh, I have sat where you've sat before, um, and I just get warm feelings every time I come back to a seminary campus. Sometimes I'm reminded of the suffering that I went through in Greek and Hebrew, uh, but I am, I am living proof that God is faithful to see you through, amen? Well, family, uh, I'm here today uh, to represent the Concord Missionary Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, uh, where our pastor is the Reverend Dr. Brian Carter. We had the privilege of, of uh, hosting a resident that is really a pioneer of our program, uh, and that is Memory Jorah. Uh, we're so grateful uh, for you, and I just want to say publicly, God has his hand on your life, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. These things which you have seen and heard from me and in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to faithful people so that they too can teach them to others. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And this verse of scripture really serves as the biblical and theological foundation for our residency program at Concord Missionary Baptist Church. This is the Apostle Paul's letter to his young protege in the faith, Timothy. This is also the words, the last words that Paul would write as he's seated on death row, awaiting his execution. He took time to pen a letter to a young preacher to encourage him to keep the faith. As we think about those, the, the impact of Paul writing, it really encouraged us to make sure that we also, as a church, continue on this faithful legacy of discipling the next generations of pastors and leaders, especially those who are called to proclaim God's word and to shepherd God's people. Our founding pastor, the Reverend Doctor, the late and legendary Reverend Dr. E.K. Bailey, whose legacy Truett honors every year since 2005, founded our church on the campus of Bishop College back in 1975 with just a couple hundred members. And throughout time, we got a chance to witness God's hand and his faithfulness at work as it grew from a couple hundred members to 4,000 members. In his tenure there, he is known as the godfather of African-American expository preaching. He founded a conference that has led and trained and discipled preachers and pastors thousands beyond number for the past 27 years. But one of the components of his legacy that many people uh, fail to mention oftentimes is his ability to train and disciple pastors. Throughout his time there, more than 100 pastors have gone on to pastor their own churches. It was literally a conveyor belt of pastors coming through the Concord Church. And before he went home to be with the Lord, Dr. Bailey himself identified his Timothy. And he passed on the mantle to a young successor by the name of Reverend Dr. Brian L. Carter, 
who has continued the legacy of discipling pastors. And I stand before you humbled and honored to be here as not only a staff pastor, but a son of the Concord Church. And I use that language intentionally because the moment we welcome residents on our campus, they too become sons and daughters of our church. You see, our residency program isn't just something uh, that the leadership embraces, but our entire church rallies around our residents and they bless them with baked goods and fried food. Hallelujah, somebody. But also the opportunity to exercise their gift. And the reality is our intention in having this residency program is we believe that the academy does a great job raising up scholars, but it's in the church where you become a shepherd. And our goal is to transform scholars into scholarly shepherds. So when we founded our program, one of the things that we learned, we felt like we needed to develop an intentional pathway for uh, our residents. And so we have five pillars that every resident has to go through. One is to worship passionately. Two is to grow intentionally. Three, you have to serve selflessly. Four, you have to give sacrificially. And finally, we want to send you off by showing you how to lead courageously. This is an example of the pillars of, of the program that we, that we host, but you do know that a program is only as good as the residents that you host. And our residents, memory is the, is the result of that program. I'm gonna go ahead and brag on her a little bit. Uh, she was a little nervous when she first arrived. Um, and in true Concord fashion, uh, we baptized her by fire. Amen, somebody. We had some intentional one-on-ones. We had our cohort meetings. But really, the only way to learn how to do ministry is to do ministry. And so we gave her the opportunity in every one of these pillars to, we walked alongside of her. We showed her how to do it. We walked with her as she did it. And then we let her do it. And we watched God work through memory to impact our students and our women in marvelous ways. And so if you're here today and you're a church and you're considering whether or not you should host or whether or not you should open up your church to this whole idea of a pastoral residency, I just want to encourage you to do so. I want to encourage you that the impact that you make is not only temporal, but it's eternal. The investment that you make in the lives of students is something that will never fade away. And every pastor in every church that's here, you know how critical it is for you to get the practical experience to coincide with the, the theory that you learn in the classroom. So last but not least, as I close, uh, Josh made a joke. She said, he said, Aaron, I know you're a Baptist preacher. I know you'll figure out how to get to the resurrection through the residency. That was Sunday. But today, I just want to close by echoing the sentiments of the Apostle Paul. The things that God has entrusted to you, please be sure that you entrust it to faithful people who will be able 
to teach others. God has blessed you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a pipeline that blessings flow through and not a puddle that hoards the blessing to themselves. God bless you and God keep you. I do want to begin with two qualifiers. Um, number one, it's, it's a privilege and intimidating to follow Aaron Moore. Uh, if there is such a thing as a preaching crush, uh, there, there, there's that here. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I watch a lot, a lot of your sermons, man. Big fan. So uh, thanks for, thank you for your ministry. Number two, I, I was under the impression this was a roast. Um, and I came here prepared to, to roast Hannah, but that is not what is taking place, but, um, well, friends, I, I bring greetings to you from uh, First Baptist Church of Temple, uh, and it's a privilege to be here. My name is Josh Flores Olvera. I am the missions minister there, uh, but at our church, we uh, have what's called a shared pulpit model, so there's five of us who rotate uh, in the office of uh, the, the, the preaching ministry, and so I get a privilege, I get a privilege in, in sharing a part of that team. And so um, in, in good post-Easter fashion, uh, our, our pastor's on vacation. And so uh, it, the, the baton was handed down to me to, to share a little bit about the preaching residency program. Uh, so I do want to share about the uh, preaching residency, but I also want to encourage for those of you who have as Jack mentioned, that strange warmth uh, bubbling up inside you right now. Uh, and also any leader of a church who may be thinking about doing this, I, I want to encourage you to consider it strongly. It it it's amazing what God does uh, when we open up spaces in our church for people to exercise the gifts God has placed there. But not only that, I think there's a reciprocal sort of blessing that happens when those who have been stewarded a position or a certain office or ministry in the church are willing to take a step back, give up some of that control, and see God do things that is perhaps uncomfortable, or maybe you wouldn't have done it that way, but you see God equally, if not more, at work. So I want to encourage you to consider this. But the preaching uh, residency has been an awesome experience for us. And I don't want to bore you with the logistics of our teaching team model. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more about how that works at our church, you can actually go to the Truett Church Network podcast, uh, where we have a couple episodes there, but also subscribe, because it's the Truett Church Network podcast. And it is very good. But to give you some context, every Sunday... We require two preachers because we have two different venues with two different styles of worship, and each preacher preaches twice in that venue. Uh, and it's in this model, birthed in the heart of our pastor, Joe Lachlan, that our church welcomed our preaching resident, Hannah Brown. Our church is diverse in terms of uh, age and church background. And I think the residency program, first and foremost, helped us reflect that diversity that we have in our people. We have two boomers, 
two millennials and a Gen Zer on this team. It's scary, I know. But that same diversity makes it challenging to sort of make blanket statements as to how our church has been impacted by the preaching residency program. To our younger crowd, I would think it's encouraging to see the older generation affirm the call of God on the younger generation. I've heard many of them say how thankful they are that uh, they're how thankful they are for a church that encourages young people in their development and then gives them an, a platform to exercise those gifts. As some who have benefited as well from that willingness of our church, I agree. To some of the more traditional crowd, it might challenge presuppositions as to who should be in the pulpit. Although we do need to admit that many in our older, more traditional crowd are standing in her corner, cheering her on every time she preaches. Overall, it's been encouraging to see a good portion of our church handle this conversation in a manner that is mindful of our witness. As far as how this has affected our team, I think it's easy to complain or point at the flaws of any one generation without giving them a seat at the table. I think it requires an immense amount of humility, especially from the boomers on our team, to not only offer a Gen Zer a seat at the table, but to allow that person to actively speak into and critique every sermon. And trust me, no one on our team can shred up a sermon better than Hannah Brown. Jack is still recovering uh, from his interim time. The nature of our teaching team model and in having Hannah there produces a constant reminder that the pulpit is not about one personality or one person's giftings. We're privileged to have five gifted preachers on our team, and I'm sure all of us would love to preach more often than we get to. But in having to share the pulpit with people younger than you and likely less experienced than you, I think it reminds our team that God will call whomever he wants to his pulpit. And the most important quality in a preacher, which is perhaps the most overlooked, is not exegesis, though that is extremely important. It's also not how dynamic he or she is on stage, although that is also important. It's humility. It requires humility to allow a preaching resident to speak, into your, to speak in your pulpit when you know that any mistake due to lack of experience might fall back on you. But that willingness to trust God reminds you that the Spirit of God who is at work in you is also at work in the preaching resident. Do this and you put yourself in a position to see God at work in some ways beyond your comfort zone. And that tends to be where God does some incredible work. How has Anna and the preaching residency program affected me? Well, to, to accurately describe that, I need to begin with the good old 2020 pandemic. 
2020 was very discouraging for me, especially as I saw how the church at large, not just First Simple, but the church at large, treated itself. I mourned the witness that we gave off in how we treated one another who disagreed, whether it was for this reason or that reason. And to be quite honest, there were times where I asked myself, is it even worth it to fight this uphill battle when it feels like we, the church, are shooting ourselves in the foot? Well, Hannah, through the preaching residency program, is a refreshing reminder that God is still at work in the world. How I've seen her handle not just the critique, but the criticism. How I've seen her handle frustration and not just things coming to fruition reminds me that that God cares way more about the work in the church than I do. And maybe, just maybe, he is not done calling people unto himself and preparing them for kingdom work. Thank you.